0: Good news on the Kristaps Porzingis front. Brad Stevens gives an encouraging injury update on KP's health. Speaking of Brad, is he one of the top GMs in the entire league? At least one national media organization says so. And Team USA continues to dominate in the FIBA World Cup, but there are several other nations smiling today, including Kristaps Porzingis' Latvia. We'll break it all down next, coming up on Lucky's Lounge. Let's go. Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge, everybody. I'm Captain Ron Flanders, joined by my partner in crime, Guillermo Diaz. This is Lucky's Lounge, the podcast for Celtic diehard fans everywhere. And by everywhere, Guillermo, I mean everywhere in the world. We have listeners in Asia, Latin America, Europe. And actually, Guillermo, you may not know this. I'm coming to you from Tokyo this morning.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Early. Normally, I'm one hour behind you. Now I'm I think I'm like 14 hours in front of you as everybody here in Japan gets ready for the game tonight between Japan and Venezuela in the consolation bracket of the FIBA World Cup. Of course, that's not why I'm here. I'm here for some some Navy business, but never going to forget about the Celtics. And people even here in Japan are talking about the interview that Brad Stevens made the other day on WEEI, and we're going to talk about that specifically, Christoph's Porzingis, Guillermo.
1: Yeah, it sounds like Brad is excited for KP and I'm definitely excited for KP and what he's going to bring this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, to set the table, Brad went on the Jimmy Fund Telethon, so WEEI doing some good work for charity to fight cancer, and this interview was with Jones and Mago with Arcan, and in this interview, he talks about Christoph's Porzingis and about his health. And it just his general state of mind. Listen to this. So this is something that we should be able to navigate and manage in the next few weeks and be ready for training camp. And so we're we're you know we're planning on having him on day one of training camp. But um, but it you know he really wanted to try the ramp up because it really mattered to be there. Like I don't know if you saw the clip of him the other day when Latvia won. And he's kind of behind the bench, and they beat France. They beat right? France. Yeah, it was a huge win, as big of a win probably as they've had in a while, and and just the genuine joy and emotion, like those those guys that represent their countries, um, they really enjoy that opportunity. So he was heartbroken not to do it, but he did. He put he put the opportunity here, and and the and took away any chance of having lingering effects by addressing it now and it shouldn't be a big deal. But so, so good to hear that from Brad's perspective, it won't be a big deal affecting his debut with the Celtics. You can also see that this sort of jives with what we were saying, that Porzingis made a personal sacrifice, basically giving up on his dreams. And, you know, the Latvian team really needs Porzingis. He's their best player. Miraculously, they've escaped from their group by defeating France. France goes home early, but... Very good news for Boston, right?
1: Oh, most definitely. I'm excited that we're keeping him safe and he's going to be recovering. And it was interesting that even Brad had to deal with this at some point in his life. Um, Like we've talked about, Embiid had it last year and it was his MVP season. Not to say that KP is going to have that, but let's just manage it appropriately and ensure that he's ready to go full throttle start of the season and then just manage it throughout the season to make sure he's ready to go postseason. And I think he's going to be a tremendous fit for this team.
0: We'll get to the fit in a minute because Brad addressed that as well. But I just want to kind of reiterate what we've been saying, which is that this has been a collaborative effort between the Celtics, between KP and the Latvian team. Obviously, the Latvian team, probably the most damaged by all of this, but this was a gut-wrenching decision for Kristaps. He could have played through this. People play through. I mean, I've seen football players playing with plantar fasciitis. You can play through this injury, but it continues to linger and it will erode your performance. Kristaps Porzingis put the Celtics first, Guillermo, and that's the bottom line.
1: Yeah, we saw what happened last season, unfortunately, with Gallinari, like we've talked about before. We don't want to risk that and have that possibly happen with KP. And he's going to be a big part of this team. So we we got to make sure he's ready to go. And whatever it kind of quote unquote took to make sure he's not playing and getting ready for the upcoming season, then that's what they had to do.
0: As I've said before, I've always loved this guy since he became an NBA draft candidate. He is a guy that puts in the work, and he is a guy that wants to win, and he wants to be seen as a great NBA star. He knows that he has to change the narrative, if you will, about himself, both from an injury perspective, very proud of those 65 games last year, but also from a winning perspective. Now that he's in Boston, no more excuses being paired with the Jays. Christoph Sporzingis wants to go deep into the NBA playoffs. He wants to be an NBA champion. And to, to me, Guillermo, it seems like that mattered more to him than trying to fight through this and bring glory to Latvia. And his presence in Latvia suggests that he absolutely loves this and loves his country. But I really like the fact that he put the Celtics first.
1: I completely agree. I'm happy he put the Celtics first. I think that's what's most important here. I'm not trying to diminish the World Cup at all, but we got to chase after uh, the Larry O'Brien trophy and make sure we hang Banner 18.
0: Absolutely. Now, you mentioned the fit of Porzingis, and Stevens addressed this as well. Obviously, Brad, in Brad we trust. I've got the (laughs) T-shirt. But there's a lot of Celtic fans, ourselves included, that were hurt by the departure of Marcus Smart. Stevens, obviously, no one was hurt more by the departure of Marcus Smart than Brad Stevens himself. It was, you know, it was the long, he had, he was Marcus's first coach in the NBA and had been with him for his entire journey in Boston. But he said that this trade needed to be done. And I thought it was great in the interview that he mentioned Porzingis and what he will do for the Celtics the fact that he can play both the four and the five, but something that he mentioned that hadn't really been discussed before his ability to play with any other Celtic big. In other words, he fits with Horford. He fits with Rob Williams. He fits with Cornette. He can slide over to the four and the Celtics don't skip a beat with him in any two big lineup, Guillermo.
1: Yeah. And I really love that we're going towards size, right? Like there's two things you can't teach in sports it's speed and size like that's just natural born talent so we're going with size here you know we have teams that we play in the eastern conference like who have size with bam out of bio Giannis and bead uh randall jared allen even mobley um so it's it's important to make sure that we have the size. And one of the things he noted is last year when Horford or Rob would come out, we really had an issue with bringing size in. It was, you know, Grant Williams or Blake. Um, and that doesn't match some of the size that's in the NBA. And you couldn't really keep Tatum and Brown where you wanted to and continue to have that length on defense. So, I think he's going to be critical to this team, and I love that he can play with any big, and I'm sure he can play with any guard. You could probably put him out there in a the lineup, Pritchard, Hauser, Brissett, Porzingis, and maybe even put Banton and just run with that, and I'm sure they can carry it for uh, some time.
0: Yeah, I don't know what Brad majored in uh, in college, but it might have been chemistry or molecular biology. He, he definitely... Likes to, he's good at building a, a, a quality mix. Absolutely true that he can play with any of the players on the Celtics. Porzingis, and you know Brad talked about last year and the problems that the Celtics had. We we look at the playoff run that they had and we say, well, Rob was able to play and Al was able to play, but they didn't have all of their bigs available for the entire season. And one of the things that Brad said was, very often we were too small. We were too small to compete. Now, I like Grant Williams and his ability to frustrate Giannis, but against guys like Brooke Lopez, for instance, uh, and Jared Allen, as you mentioned, that's a real problem or was a real problem for the Celtics, especially when they were going with a second night of a back-to-back for Horford or if Rob Williams couldn't play. Remember, Rob missed significant portions again of the NBA season. So Porzingis is another big to put in there, and it it balances the roster. You've heard that. It's almost become cliche, but it's very true. I think in today's NBA, you need to play positionless in in some aspects, but size does matter, and I don't think you need to look much further than the Denver Nuggets to see how much it matters, Guillermo.
1: Right, and I mean, we were guard-heavy last year, right, with the three – awesome guards that we didn't even know who to have out there in the fourth quarter. Is it smart? Is it Brogdon? Is it white? And unfortunately I think white missed a lot of fourth quarters that he should have been in last year. And so now you flip. Did we want to have smart here? Sure. But that fell through with the Clippers again. We always got to talk about the butthole Clippers, but
0: Clippers got a clip.
1: Exactly. And so, I think we did keep a guard who can score better. He was a 50, 40, 90 guy. So that's something that we kept on our team. Six man, rookie of the year. So it's not like we really lost too much. I'm sorry. I know you love your smart, but I don't think we lost too much in keeping Brogdon over smart. And we got to get a 7 3 guy who averaged 23.2 points, 8. rebounds, a block and a half a game last year. Like, that's going to change the entire offense. And, again, like I've said before, he's going to demolish a 2-3 zone that Spo wants to run out there. He's just going to live off the free throw line. You decide what you want to do from there.
0: Yeah, I always would yell at the screen, just send somebody to the high post, that big pocket there. Even if they're guarded, there's nobody on that team the team that will not be mentioned. Uh, They seem to be living rent-free in a lot of Boston fans' heads these (laughs) days. But uh, that particular team cannot contend with that and would probably have to go into a double-team situation. You know, we used to say it about athletes, you know, this guy's got all the intangibles, right? And I would say that about Marcus Smart. Uh, Sometimes the tangibles do matter. And in, in the NBA, height and length does matter. Marcus Smart, I think, was, you know, one of our best players, certainly was the heart and soul of the team. But he may have been surplus to requirements, as they say, because we do have Derek White. I was one of those guys in the fourth quarter saying, put Derek White in the game. Now Derek White will get those minutes and he'll be out there with Kristaps Porzingis, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. And the Celtics can decide if they want to have another stretch five with Al or – go lock down with Rob Williams. I think it's a great mix.
1: Yeah. And they can even stay small with Brogdon. Like there's so many lineup opportunities that I'm so excited to see what Missoula and this coaching staff that is bolstered, what they're going to come up with, who gels together, you know, like this is really, who's going to play better whites versus greens in practice. Like I know there's going to be stories, this training camp and, It's going to be so exciting.
0: Absolutely. Well, Brad, you can tell he was very happy for Kristaps Porzingis talking about Latvia and the monumental victory they had over France. I was watching that game or, or watching on Twitter, people talking about that game saying, hey, this might happen. And I just thought to myself, oh God, you know, let's not have some kind of buzzer beating shot where Latvia wins on a buzzer beater or there's some incredible play and Porzingis gets hurt in the celebration that's how that's how much uh how paranoid i am about some of these things but uh they won by several points and latvia moves on we'll talk about that more and speaking of brad stevens coming up next in our second segment is brad one of the best gms in the entire nba well yahoo sports seems to think he is we'll talk about that plus brad stevens opinion on the performance of joe mazula that's coming up next on lucky's lounge don't go away Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge, and before we get started, Guillermo, I just want to wish a hearty Lucky's Lounge congratulations to Boston Celtics diehard fan, Alvaro De Leon of Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, He correctly guessed in our contest from last week's episode, the three clues, Husky, wristwatch, and Tacoma. He correctly guessed the answer, which is, of course, IT for Isaiah Thomas, and so for that, he will get the lounge seats for the Celtics-Knicks, October 17th. Uh, Alvaro, you know, definitely want to see a picture from there, but um, I think you'll be blown away by how good our seats are. And and please say hi to all the gang on the bench uh, because you'll be pretty close to them. And uh, hopefully we will see the the unicorn, Christoph Porzingis, playing in that game. One of the other people that Alvaro will be pretty close to is Joe Mazzula, Guillermo. And in that interview, excuse me, with Jones and Mago, um, and by the way, you should listen to that interview. You can listen to it on WEEI.com or on Odyssey. He talked about Joe Missoula, and obviously the fact that right after the finals, he gave Joe a vote of confidence. But he went into a little bit more on that, basically saying, look, this guy did a hell of a job.
1: No, and I completely agree. I mean, think of the circumstances this guy had to deal with coming in. Youngest head coach in the league. Didn't have as much clout as Udoka had uh, as far as coaching, and had to take on a team that was just in the finals the year before. one more, one more game uh, than the year before that. Won fifty-seven games himself. He revamped and the focus and switched it from defense to offense, and they still were number two rating in defense and to take that on with this, you know, the speculations and scandals that were going on. I mean, it's huge for him to take that on and do what he did. And he also lost one of his top assistants, Damon Stamire during the season as we've talked about. So, I think he did a tremendous job.
0: He really did. And one of the things that Brad touched on in this interview was the fact that not only did he have all those challenges with the coaching continuity and and just being thrust into the job You remember, you know, Will Hardy left too and went to coach the Jazz. So a lot of challenges from that perspective, but also from an injury perspective. We look at those playoffs and say the Celtics had perfect health, but as we mentioned in our last segment, they did not have perfect health. There were problems getting the the lineup that he was preferring to use to play together for any significant amount of time. So, you know, Brad said, look, to win 57 games in this league is very hard and he did that as a rookie head coach.
1: Very hard and he now they re-bolster the coaching staff with a staff that molds him and is his own staff with Sam Cassell and Charles Lee from the Bucks and uh, Sam Cassell who was with the 76ers. Like it's only going to be that much better as I said in the first segment that these guys are going to be able to put their brains together and come up with things to outcoach someone like Spo or Thibodeau uh, in this upcoming season.
0: Absolutely, there was an anecdote that was pretty funny during that interview. Brad Stevens said that you know he keeps in touch with a lot of his old contacts in the NCAA, and college coaches will often call Brad and, and bounce ideas off him some coaches will call him and say hey I'm thinking about applying for this job or that job in the NBA and Brad said hey look man in college if you make it to the final 4 you're a hero you're a great you're a great coach but if you make it to the final 4 here and you lose you're a bum and that's certainly the way that it is viewed i mean it's it's win or you know you're a bum i mean there's very few coaches that that get the benefit of the doubt in those situations and so because the Celtics lost One game away from the NBA Finals, I think a lot of people said, well, it was Missoula's fault. I think you got to give him a lot of credit, not only for the regular season he had, but also they did come back from that 3-0 deficit. He showed fortitude. He showed leadership throughout the season. I like him.
1: Yeah, I truly like him. I was surprised he got the extension so early. I think it was around All-Star break. Um but I was happy with it. I think he's a young coach who's only going to grow and mold himself to a style that he wants to use. I know he uses a lot of analytics as well. So having two vet coaches and Brad, who is a coach as well. So having all these coaches support him and be there for him, and it's just going to be an incredible this upcoming season. And To see what twist they're going to do is going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, and he does, speaking of analytics, he does really fit with what Brad and the Celtics organization really believe in. So year two hopefully will be more growth for Coach Missoula, and I think he's got the horses to do some real damage. Speaking of Brad Stevens, we talked about it in the tease before the break. There was a list compiled by Yahoo Sports saying, who are the top 10 executives in the NBA? GMs and people who affect winning for organizations. A very interesting list, Guillermo. A Celtic on the list, and our former GM, Danny Ainge, tops the list.
1: Yeah, surprising list. Um, Interesting to see some of the names names that are on there and some of the names that didn't make it to that top 10, Um, but... Good to see that Brad made it to the top 10. I think he should have been ranked a little higher. Uh, So Danny Ainge was number one overall. How do you feel about that?
0: Well, I think that's a very accurate uh, rating. I'm a big Danny guy. Obviously, he took the Celtics from a drought of going on 20 years almost and revamped the team got rid of all the bad contracts, and basically built around Paul Pierce, added a lot of pieces, and made the major move to bring in the big three. When that era ended, he just basically had the guts to get rid of those guys and start over, bringing us Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So as there's all these discussions about who the best wings in the NBA are, you know, two Supermax guys under the age of 26 who – have a very high ceiling. That's all Danny Ainge's work. And he did a good job. I won't say he was one of the best drafters in the NBA, but he did a solid job in that area as well. So I think it's warranted, especially when you look at what he's done in Utah. In just a little over a year, he's definitely got the Jazz headed in a very strong direction.
1: Yeah, I think so far he's done a solid job being in Utah. I mean, he traded Donovan Mitchell for Laurie Markkinen, and uh, got a jobby and also got a bunch of picks there and then flipped Gobert for Walker Kessler and got picks there and then ended up using some of those assets with Rudy Gay this offseason to go get John Collins. Um, He's done great in the draft. He drafted Taylor Hendricks, uh, Keontae George, who had a spectacular summer league, uh, and Bryce Sensabaugh, who's a solid shooter from Ohio State.
0: Yeah, and obviously getting a good head coach is job number one for the gym. He gets Will Hardy, who's one of the best young coaches in the NBA. And those trades, Guillermo, you mentioned the picks, and I agree with you that the Jazz had one of the strongest drafts in 2023. But also the two players that he got from, you know, the those trades, giving up Rudy Gobert, multiple-time All-Star and defensive player of the year, and Donovan Mitchell, the face of the franchise, he gets Larry Markinen. Lowry Markinen is the def- the most improved player in the NBA, NBA All-Star, and Walker Kessler, who's tearing it up for Team USA, getting those guys, in addition to all the picks, he really has done a heck of a job. Now, the rest of that list of GMs, somewhat controversial. I mean, you've got, for instance, at number two, the Toronto Raptors GM, Usai Mujiri Guillermo.
1: Yeah, I think it's based off him getting, you know, the Leonard and getting Toronto to win their first championship as a franchise and if you look at some of the names that he's been able to bring in um, he he automatically probably deserves to be in the top five so I could see him being there
0: yeah I mean definitely just the Leonard trade alone having the guts to give up assets for a guy that essentially everybody thought was going to leave and did leave but he got a championship Fred Van Vliet just got a huge deal from Houston. That was a guy they brought in undrafted, so obviously Ujiri knows his stuff. Coming in at number three, Brian Wright, James Jones of the Suns at number four. Then we go Kevin Pritchard, five, Pat Riley of the Heat, the Don at number six. Then Troy Weaver, Kobe Altman of the Cavs, number eight. Brad Stevens, Guillermo, coming in at number nine. And there were a lot of names that didn't make the top ten that probably should have.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have names like Presti, who ended up uh, end uh, number thirteen. Somebody who's made tremendous uh, trades for picks has an awesome pick bag right now. Even David Griffin at twelve, and then you have uh, Harden's buddy at Daryl Morey at fourteen, and then you have Rob Palinka at fifteen.
0: Yeah, some of those names. I think Polinka had a a really good year, and obviously. Getting Anthony Davis and winning a championship, he deserves to be in the top 10 for certain. And Sam Presti is, I mean, most fans know who he is. He's made some great moves. One of my favorite basketball movies, Guillermo, probably my favorite basketball movie is Hoosiers. And there's a scene in there where they're voting to remove Coach Norman Dale as head coach. And when Jimmy Chitwood says, I'm thinking about playing again, they say, I say we should vote again. And I think that's sort of how fans in Philadelphia and others may be feeling very soon about Daryl Morey, who was obviously a somebody that was in the Danny Ainge tree and was in the Celtic organization, did a great job with a couple of franchises, building them into championship contenders, but things are falling apart in Philadelphia and his name is being dragged through the mud by at least some players.
1: Yeah. um, Again, uh I, It doesn't matter where Brad is right now. I would love to see him a little bit higher on the list, but he hasn't won a championship yet. And I mean, that's the main focus. That's the main goal right now. And I think I liked coach Brad, but GM Brad is really doing a tremendous job and making the right moves to have a solid
0: roster. Absolutely, Guillermo, and you bring up a great point. I mean, championships are the measuring stick for any head coach and any general manager, and, and Brad said it himself. If you lose in the in the Final Four here, you're a bum. He embraces the pressure, and we are very lucky to have him. We were lucky to have him as a coach. We're lucky to have him as a GM. He is a great banner holder for this organization. I think Celtic fans should be pleased, and if if he ever does win a championship, which we hope will be soon, Look to see him climb the list. I think Danny Ainge will also remain at number one if if the Jays win a championship. Guillermo,
1: hey, he did draft them. Credit to him, uh, he was able to rebuild this team, like you said. And Brad, even in the coaching staff, he's dra- he's signed two solid coaches. I know one had a messy finish to his tenure here, but he's drafted two. Or sorry, he's signed two. Solid coaches, and then now has even bolstered his coaching staff. So it's not even just with the players in the team, but he's making an impact in the organization.
0: No, he absolutely is. And listen, Ime Odoka has one person to blame for why he left the Celtics, and that is Ime Odoka. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. But Brad Stevens was the first to give him his opportunity to coach in the NBA. And I expect very good things from the Houston Rockets in the next two to three years. Ime's a great coach, and um, Brad was smart enough to recognize that and hire him. So, speaking of lists, you know we NBA off seasons are filled with hot takes and top ten lists and top twenty lists, whatever the case may be. There's a new list out, and coming up on Lucky's list, we're going to get into who are the best wings in the NBA. That list circulating this past week. It won't surprise you to know that both of the Jays were on it, and we'll get into an update on the FIBA World Cup. Team USA is romping. But there are a lot of great games ahead and Kristaps Porzingis and Latvia continuing to celebrate as they move on. We'll have all the updates when we come back on Lucky's Lounge. Don't go away. Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge. And now it's time for Lucky's Hero and Lucky's List. This segment we'll have to do solo because of the 13-hour time difference and some technical challenges that we had. So Guillermo... Uh, Going to miss you on this segment because there's two items here that I definitely need your perspective. No lucky's hero today, though. I think we'd be a little bit remiss if we didn't say that our hearts and prayers definitely are with the people of the American Southeast today. Hurricane and now Tropical Storm Idalia, devastating parts of the coasts of Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. Uh, We want to let everybody know from the people in D. Brown's hometown of Jacksonville all the way up through the Carolinas that we are pulling for you. Uh, It has been a tough summer. It always is. We had the devastating wildfire in Hawaii, and now this. So our thoughts and prayers to everybody, especially there in North Florida. Some really bad damage there. So everybody, hope we we get out safe, and, and the people of New England and all of Celtic Nation are with you. Lucky's List, item number one, is a good news story for certain, and it happened yesterday as Robert Parrish, the Chief, celebrated his 70th birthday. Wow, time marches on. I'm a couple decades behind him, but the Chief was part of my childhood and the big Celtic dynasty of Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, and the big three, the anchor of that unit, the Chief, 70 years of age, and just real quickly, the trade that brought Robert Parrish to the Celtics from Golden State, giving up the f- number one pick in the draft to acquire not only Robert Parrish, who was a big-time talent for the Golden State Warriors out of Centenary, but also getting the pick that would net the Celtics, Kevin McHale. It supercharged their run with Larry Bird. Parrish, a nine-time All-Star, four-time NBA champion, the all-time leader in games played, Doesn't seem like he's 70 years old because it seems like he just retired a decade or so ago. He played well into his 40s, but happy birthday to the Chief. Great item there. Item number two, the FIBA World Cup. And it's all smiles and all positivity for Team USA. We've been talking about this team for the last couple of weeks. Anthony Edwards, dubbed by Big Perk as the new face of the league. And... Team USA has been dominating. Three games, three massive wins by an average of 33 points per game. This is a young team, not your typical Team USA that is filled with all NBA talents. Steve Kerr has a good list of young players. Mikhail Bridges, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Walker Kessler, Austin Reeves, as they've been playing in the Philippines, which is the adopted country of the los angeles lakers austin reeves is getting a ton of massive publicity and love from the fans it has been a fun tournament for team usa now they move on to round 2 and the games get a little bit tougher you know the first few games were against teams like new zealand greece and jordan greece used to be a much better team giannis antetokounmpo not playing in this tournament but now montenegro and lithuania loom for the Americans. So the competition will be getting a little bit tougher. As we look through the group stage, this is over with now. As only the top two teams advance in this tournament, the Dominican Republic, they win their group. They had some impressive wins there, including a nice comeback win against the Philippines. Dominican Republic and Italy move on. Serbia and Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico with a massive win over Team China in their last match. So they move on. Greece goes on with the U.S., Lithuania and Montenegro from Group D, they go on, they'll play the U.S., so probably both going home soon. Germany and Australia advance. Team Japan, they only won one game in their first three, but I just saw here on television here in Tokyo, they, in their first consolation game, they they came back with a 33-point fourth quarter to defeat Team Venezuela, so a nice consolation for them, Slovenia and Georgia, Spain and Brazil, Canada 3 and 0. They are the second choice by oddsmakers to win this tournament. They also had a huge point differential. How about Team Latvia and Kristaps Porzingis? We talked about it in our first segment. They have advanced. They took down France and that was the pivotal game for them. So Kristaps Porzingis will spend another few days if not weeks in Asia. An exciting time for Team USA. They look like the front runners to win this tournament. And uh, Peyton Pritchard gets a little bit of credit. Remember, he played for the select team that prepped them and got them ready. So best of luck to Team USA coming up here against Montenegro in the next game, uh, which I believe will be early tomorrow morning for uh, all you fans that are waking up for that. Item number three in Lucky's list involves Jalen Brown. And we talked about it last week. Jalen Brown going to London and playing in the Big Three All-Star Game. This was a massive event for the league, which has really captured the imaginations of a lot of fans with this three-on-three format, but lacked some of the star power. Jalen Brown really carrying the mantle for the NBA and playing in their All-Star Game. It was exciting at times as he was guarded by former Celtic Gerald Green. Jalen Brown looking good, knocking down some jumpers and showing some love to Ice Cube and the Big Three. I think the funniest moment of this came when Brian Scalabrini interviewed the two of them, Jalen Brown and Ice Cube. Jalen saying, hey, look, he wants to support these guys, young and old, former NBA guys, as well as guys that never really got that chance in the NBA. A lot of NBA fans like this league, and they play games in Boston. Jalen showed up on the sidelines, courtside, to show some love to the players. But this is showing some love on steroids, going and actually playing in the game, bringing that visibility. Jalen, he's a leader. He wants to show, he's a member of the Players Union, and he wants to show leadership and and really support professional basketball, not just the NBA, but Big Three. And Ice Cube was interviewed by Brian Scalabrini, and he was immensely grateful to Jalen for this. But at the end of the interview, Scal asked him, are we going to see you wearing a Celtic jersey anytime soon? Ice Cube was a little caught off guard by that, and he said uh, no comment. But we would like to see it. Jalen, listen, you can switch teams. I mean, uh, Cube, you can switch teams. I mean, Jack Nicholson once upon a time was a Celtics fan, and Darth Vader was a Jedi Knight. I'm not saying that uh, you're on the the good side. You are on the dark side, Ice Cube. I don't think you're one of our listeners there in SoCal, but there's let's – I don't know if Celtic fans want to see Ice Cube wearing a Celtic jersey, but I think he should wear a Jalen Brown jersey out there on the streets of L.A. Item number three, we talked about the lists. We Earlier in the show, we had the list of best general managers put out by Yahoo Sports. This is one of the things that kind of gets us through the summer is these hot takes and lists where people get a chance to chime in and and say who they think the best players are or the best coaches or GMs. Bleacher Report just put out a list of the top 15 wing players, so small forwards and shooting guards, but really mostly small forwards on this list, the top threes in the NBA for next season. In other words, what Bleacher Report thinks are the guys that are going to have the best season. Number one on the list, Jason Tatum and followed by LeBron James, KD, Jimmy Buckets, Kawhi, Paul George, coming in at number seven, Jalen Brown, and then the list goes on and on. So two of the top seven wings, according to Bleacher Report, for the 23-24 season are on the Celtics. I have to agree that Jason Tatum, based on everything we've seen so far in his career, he hasn't hit his prime yet, trending upward, the workouts that we've seen, he's going to have a monster season. Jalen Brown definitely deserves to be in that top seven, and I think he will continue to, to climb this list as we go forward. What I think is also notable is the fact that LeBron James, at 38 years of age, is still number two. Hard to dispute that based on the season that he had last year, but wow. Uh, father time is undefeated, but so far has not taken LeBron James down. I mean, maybe it's taken down his defense, but... The Lakers will be counting on him and his health, but he's at number two on this list. Rounding out the list, Mikhail Bridges, Brandon Ingram, Lowry Markinen at number 10, Paolo Boncero. I didn't mention him just now in the FIBO World Cup, but playing for Team USA, he has been a revelation. The Celtics know all too well, unfortunately, what he can do with the Orlando Magic. But coming in in year two, he's at number 11. Expect him to move up this list very quickly for the Orlando Magic. So good news for the Celtics there that, I mean, these lists are irrelevant. Championships will need to be won for anything meaningful to be said. But Bleacher reported a lot of the sports media expecting big things from the, both of the Celtics' wings in 24. The final item on Lucky's list tonight is a podcast that appeared last week, The Old Man and the Three, J.J. Redick. His podcast making a lot of noise. The three big podcasts I think that people talk about a lot right now are Reddicks, The Knuckleheads with uh, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, and, of course, Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero. He's, he's been on some uh, pretty impressive rants lately. He had Kenyon Martin on the other day, sometimes a little profane, but these are the podcasts that the players listen to. And I think it was fascinating a discussion that J.J. Reddick had with none other than Rajon Pierre Rondo. They discussed Rondo's mindset as in his final seasons there. He's officially not retired, but in his final season there with the Lakers, where during the bubble season there, the championship season in 2020, Rajon Rondo and LeBron James were basically sitting there watching film, watching the Eastern Conference finals. And LeBron said, listen, if the Heat win, I got Spo. let me worry about Eric Spolstra. They weren't talking, they weren't game planning against Lake against Miami Heat players. They were game planning against Eric Spolstra. And LeBron James started studying the schemes that Spo was putting in, and he was essentially the Lakers coach on the floor against the eventual Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. Rondo said, I got Brad Stevens. And... Redick and Rondo talked about how he did that, the kind of things that he was doing. And Redick even went back and said, yeah, I remember you doing that against Stan, Stan Van Gundy, when you played us. Really got into how Rajon Rondo was a different type of player, a next level floor general who was able to essentially listen to opposing coaches and the plays that they were calling out, put things in and practice and on the floor improvising going against the schemes. uh, It's hard to play against a player like that. And Rajon Rondo, not only a coach on the floor, but probably going to be a head coach in the NBA. It's ironic because as we all know from his time with the Celtics, and even before the Celtics, Rajon Rondo did not get along with Tubby Smith. He butted heads with Doc Rivers throughout his time in Boston, but Doc would be the first to tell you how intelligent Rondo is and was. Uh, So, It'll be interesting to see what Rajon Rondo does going forward. 37 years of age right now, but he's not retired yet. And, you know, given the fact that the Celtics have still two open roster spots, uh, maybe it's the sentimentalist in me, but could they have him as their 15th man and as a number three point guard on this team and as a, a player assistant coach? I don't know. Maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part, but that is something that uh, won't happen, but maybe I wouldn't mind seeing happen. We'd have to find a new jersey number for Derek White, though. Well, that's it for our show today. I L- hope you enjoyed Lucky's List and this episode of Lucky's Lounge. We want to thank all of our listeners. I definitely want to show our gratitude to you and our love. If you have story ideas for us, you can email us at lucky'sloungepod at gmail.com. You can also DM us on TwitterX at Lucky's Lounge Pod. Again, congratulations to Alvaro de Leon for winning the contest last week, and we'll see you at the Garden on October 17th. For Guillermo Diaz, I'm Captain Ron Flanders. Thank you for listening to Lucky's Lounge, and we'll see you next week on the show. Have a great week, everybody.